what's the background on coal ash lagoons? Once coal has been burned, um, there's an ash that's left behind. Um, it's a waste product of, of burning coal. And unfortunately, it has toxic heavy metals in it, things like lead and mercury, arsenic. Um, and those were there as trace elements in the coal. But once we've burned the coal and burned off most of the carbon, um, they're in higher concentration in the ash. So the, the ash has to be disposed of carefully. Otherwise, um, it could contaminate uh, water. So that's the, the big issue with it. Here in Indiana, we actually have um, more coal ash ponds than any other state in the country um, at uh, about 86. And these ponds are formed when the, the ash is moved by water out of the power plant. So they're using water to, to rinse it out, basically, and then you wind up with this mixture of ash and water stored in an impoundment with a dam or a berm around it. Um, most of the impoundments in Indiana are not lined. Um, and just last month, uh, March of this year, uh, groundwater data was released from our coal ash sites, uh, actually looking at you know groundwater where the coal ash is being stored. And what we see in that data is that at every place we are disposing of coal ash and we don't have some kind of a liner under the ash, we're getting contamination of the underlying groundwater. Let me ask you a question about why were they ever allowed to dump this stuff without a lining? I mean, even for our trash, though all of that stuff is lined, so that any heavy metals, batteries, etc., don't leach down into the groundwater. So, right, yeah, the, you know, the United States um, didn't have federal laws regarding waste disposal until. 1980, but even then, and, and of course, most of our a lot of our power plants were built prior to that. But but even at that time, um, they were given exemptions. There wasn't any regulation of coal ash in until <clears throat> 2015. Uh, that's the first rule rule we've had in the United States regarding coal ash disposal. So, what did you emphasize in your testimony uh, to the EPA? Well, so as I mentioned, the first regulation of coal ash was the 2015 federal rule. Um, with the administration change uh, last year, the utilities sent requests to the EPA um, to actually change some of that 2015 rule. And Scott Pruitt then directed the, the EPA to draft revisions to the coal ash regulation. So uh, those revisions were put out for public comment uh, in March, and there was one hearing. The EPA held a, a single hearing on these proposed revisions to the rule, um, and I was able to travel to Washington, D.C. to attend that hearing. Um, the proposed revisions um, would weaken the coal ash regulation. Um, it would weaken protection of groundwater. It would re weaken some of the cleanup requirements it would weaken uh, requirements for responses to coal ash spills. Um, it would allow, or it weakens the requirements regarding uh, locations where coal ash can be disposed of. Um, so it would weaken the requirements regarding floodplains, wetlands, or fault zones. Um, and it could potentially even 
um, remove some of the transparency that we have on coal ash from the 2015 rule. Um, so I testified against this weakening of the coal ash regulation, and I also, in my uh, testimony, emphasized the impact that we're already seeing to groundwater in Indiana from coal ash uh, as you know, a strong reason why we need to make sure that going forward we're protecting our water resources and we don't weaken those protections. Now, did I get this right? So there were no public comment meetings in the state of Indiana regarding this, this change? It was only a one, one place? There was a single, okay, that's correct. Yeah, so not only are they proposing to weaken the coal ash rule, um, they are trying to move that, that change to the rule as rapidly as possible. So the EPA had initially um, told one of the courts that they would be offering a 90-day public comment period, uh, but they shortened that to 45 days and then held just the single uh, public hearing. When the 2015 coal ash rule was written, there were um, public hearings at a variety of locations around the country and a much more extensive process for public input. Truly amazing how ramming everything through. So what what is the extent of groundwater contamination in the state of Indiana? Sure. So we have data from 15 power plants um, around the state, and at some of those locations there's more than one coal ash impoundment. Um, and at all 15, we are seeing contamination of the groundwater. It's less at the locations that had liners under their under their coal ash, and in some instances, substantially less. And it's interesting. There's there's a variety of heavy metals that can be present in coal ash, so it varies somewhat which of those metals will show up in the groundwater at, at which location. Um, we're seeing arsenic. Um, boron, molybdenum, lithium, um, lead, uh, those are the kind of the, the, the major ones. Um, and in looking at the groundwater data, so my colleagues and I have gone through all of those groundwater reports, um, and we're comparing the groundwater data to um, standards that are based on health, so standards for drinking water um, primarily. So anytime I refer to a one of those spots is having contamination with one of those metals. What I mean is contamination that exceeds uh, what would be safe in drinking water. Now, if the groundwater is contaminated, are, are the samples taken at varying distances from the, the ash ponds? That's a really good question. Um, and what, you, what your question points out is that groundwater doesn't sit still. It moves. Um, so once it's been contaminated, you can wind up with that contamination moving in the in the groundwater. Um, the answer is no. At the at these uh, power plant coal ash disposal sites, um, so far they have uh, monitoring wells just immediately adjacent to the edge of the the coal ash. Um, so they've measured it there, but they they haven't measured at a further distance now. We do have a few places in Indiana, though, where people with private wells have had their well water tested. There are actually four locations that I know of where the utilities are having to uh, replace drinking water for people whose wells were contaminated by coal ash. How much uh, mercury actually gets into the groundwater? 
Oh, that's also a good question. Right. Um, so um, in the past, we really worried about mercury with burning coal because even though it wasn't a lot of mercury, mercury vaporizes at a relatively low temperature, so it would go up the smokestack with the, the rest of the smoke from, from burning the coal. More controls were put on for that airborne pollution, and you'd think that that would pull the mercury then more into the ash. What's interesting is that we're not seeing it in the groundwater at all, at least here in Indiana. I've been speaking with Dr. Indira Frank. She works for the Hoosier Environmental Council, where she is the Environmental Health and Water Policy Director. Thank you very much for your comments. You're welcome. It's very good talking with you.